Amen. Well, I want you to take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter number one. And uh, if the Lord uh, allows us, we want to just brag on the Lord just a little bit today and just sort of go right along with what's already been done in the song service. And uh, Matthew chapter one, and we'll read just a few scriptures today, and then I'm going to teach or preach or whatever the Lord uh, leads us to do today. Um, uh, last week, I told you we we're going to do a Bible study, and that's really what maybe what this is. But uh, boy, the Lord sure the Lord sure helped us last Sunday, and I hope He will this morning as well. Matthew chapter one in your Bibles. When you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of the Word of God, and we're going to read verses 18 through 25. And then we'll preach just for a few moments if the Lord lets us do that. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now we didn't read verses 1 through 17, but I want to encourage you. I've read it many times this week and I want to encourage you to go back in your devotions and I want you to read that. Oh, you say, preacher, that's just a bunch of names. It's a bunch of begats and begottens and, uh, and you're, you are right about that, but it's also the genealogy of the Savior. And, uh, and so it's very important that you read that and we're going to make remarks about that in just a moment. But uh, for the second time today, we won't read that, but I encourage you to go back. You say, well, preacher, I don't know how to pronounce all those names. You don't have to pronounce them all right. We're not pronouncing them all right, okay? Uh, but just go back and read that, and I believe that'll help you in your, uh, in your understanding of this passage. Look at verse 19, though. The Bible says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her marry, a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. And you may be seated this morning, and uh, you know, how do you, 32 years, I've been preaching here at Calvary for 32 years, and that's a lot of Christmases together, 32 Christmases together. And you know, how do you take this same story that we've read many times, and how do you how do you try to present something, something to the church that's fresh and, and sort of new? Um, you know, I've got, a lot of, I've, I've got a lot of outlines on Christmas, and I've got a, a lot of messages that I preach from Matthew on Christmas, uh, and I, I suppose that I could sort of dig one of those out, and I could preach that to you, and maybe even preach it in a fresh way. But uh, I, I just believe this. I believe that the Word of God is always fresh. I believe the Word of God always has something fresh and new, that it can give to you. And so once again, as we were getting close to the Christmas holiday, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna read through this story again. And sure enough, just like always, God is faithful and he just gives you something fresh from his book all the time. And, and so I'm gonna give you something maybe from a little different perspective today. I'm gonna entitle this, Thou Shalt Call His Name Jesus. And so I wanna draw your attention to verse 21. That's our text this morning, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. 
Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And that's what I want to speak to you about in just a few moments today. We'll, we'll have to do this quickly, but uh, let's go to the Lord and ask the Lord to help us. And, and I, I, I believe this will make sense to you. And so let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the wonderful spirit of worship that's here today. And Lord, that, that word worship simply means a bowing down. Lord, a falling before. Uh, Lord, when you get to that place uh, in your heart and life where you realize how great he is and how little you are. And Lord, it makes you want to bow down. It makes you want to worship. And so, Lord, I'm thankful for that spirit of worship that's here today. And, and already, Lord, some folks have bowed down at altars and, and others are bowing down in their hearts. And, and just, Lord, we're just recognizing that you're a great God. You're a wonderful God. And Father, for that, we're thankful and Lord, I pray that throughout the course of this message that you'll help us to realize what a great Savior we have. Lord, I pray that you'd answer a question that might be in someone's heart today. And I, I pray, Lord, because of this service that you will be hind lifted up in our lives. And so Holy Spirit of God, please now clear the way and uh, hide us behind the cross. And, and I pray that Jesus will receive praise and glory from all that's done. In his precious name we pray and for his sake, amen. Why was the angel so insistent upon naming this child Jesus? Now we find that, and, and we're gonna point out some other times that we find that here in just a moment. But why was the angel so insistent upon naming this child Jesus? Look at verse 21 again. The Bible says, and she, now this is the angel talking to Mary. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this is the angel talking to Joseph. Verse 21, and she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. So again, keep in mind, the angel is referring to Joseph here and he says, Joseph, she's gonna bring forth the son. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense to you. You haven't been with her. She has not been unfaithful. She's not been with anybody else. And yet she's gonna bring forth a son. That blew Joseph's mind. And he said, and Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now look down, if you will, at verse number 25. Same chapter, verse 25. The Bible says, again, speaking of Joseph, and knew her not. In other words, Joseph had no relations with Mary, no physical relations with Mary until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Look at the last part of the verse there. And he called his name Jesus. Now, one of the things that I, I figured out about this is that instruction was very, very specific. In fact, it was so specific that the angel of God did not just give this instruction to Joseph, but he gave the same exact instruction to Mary. Now, I'm not going to have you turn there because I want you to stay right here in Matthew, but I, I want to draw your attention to Luke 1, verse 30. Listen to this. The Bible says, referring to Mary, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth the son, again, referring to Mary, and shalt call his name Jesus. And so the angel of God comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, it's very, very important that when this child comes, you call his name Jesus. Uh, then the angel goes to Mary 
and says, Mary, you're going to bring forth a child. And Mary says, Lord, how? How can that be? I've not known a man. How can that be? I'm a virgin. How can that be? And the angel said, it's going to happen. God's going to bring this thing to pass. And when he does bring it to pass and this child comes into the world, you're going to have to be careful to call this child Jesus. Now, why? Why is that? You ever wondered about that? You know, maybe I just have an inquiring mind and inquiring minds want to know why Jesus? I thought about entitling the message that today. Why Jesus? Especially, and the Bible is so faithful to give us a contrast. Especially after he gives us a slew of names prior to this in the first 17 verses that we did not read today. 49 different names are mentioned in that, that list of verses We didn't take the time to read today. 49 different names are mentioned in those 17 verses. And yet this child is not to have any of those names. This child is to have a very specific name, Jesus. So I have a question. Why not John? That's a good name. That's a powerful name. Uh, Why not James or Jacob or Jonathan or Jesse or Jude or Joseph? or Jake, or Josiah, or Jeremiah, or Jack, or Jason. Those are all good names, all good J names. I mean, those are all good, strong names. And then, and then I thought about this. Under Jewish custom, to be quite honest, his name should have been Joseph. I mean, that, and we understand that Joseph was not his biological father, but under Jewish custom, the son typically would take the name of his dad. And so really under Jewish custom, Jesus' name should have been Joseph, but that wouldn't have worked because Joseph's name means let him add. Let God add. You see, you understand back in this day and time, back in this era, that a name meant something very specific. The name Jesus is the Greek rendering of a Hebrew name. And it is the name Jehoshua. And really, to be quite honest with you, J was not a syllable that the Hebrew people used. And so we would refer to it as Jehoshua. They would not refer to it as Jehoshua. He would be closer to Yeshua or Yehoshua because they didn't have a J sound in their, uh, in their vernacular. But regardless of whether you understand any of that, I want you to understand this, that the, the name means Joshua. In our Greek, in our English, in our English vernacular, we would refer to that name as Joshua. It's the same name, Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus. Same exact name. And it means Jehovah is salvation. That's why he could not take the name of Joseph because Joseph's name doesn't mean that. Joseph's name means let him add. But Joshua or Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. I want you to understand, and this is maybe not going to change your life, but it's still good for us to understand that Joshua and Jesus are very close related. In fact, there are times throughout Scripture where Joshua and the name Jesus are interchangeably used throughout Scripture. We could go to Acts chapter 7, verse 45. We won't do that today. But in Acts chapter 7, the Bible uses the name Jesus when actually it's talking about Joshua. 
In Hebrews chapter four and verse number eight, the Bible uses the name Jesus when actually it's referring to the name Joshua. Now again, I'm going somewhere, so hang in there with me today. And I believe this will all make sense here in just a moment. You see, Joshua was a name that the Hebrew people readily recognized. When you say Jude, that was important. When you say James, that was important. But when you said Joshua, man, that meant something. You see, when the Hebrew people thought about Joshua, they thought about a great leader. They thought about a savior. They thought about a deliverer. And so the angel, come, the angel comes to Mary and the angel comes to Joseph and says, when you have this child, you're not gonna call him James. You're not gonna call him John. You're not gonna call him Josiah, strong names. You're not gonna call him any of those names. You're gonna call him Joshua, Yeshua. That's what you're gonna refer to him as. But this can't just be any Joshua. This can't just be any savior. Oh, no. This is gonna be a very special Joshua. This is gonna be a very special Yeshua. This is gonna be a very special Jesus. Now, I wanna take just a moment, if I could, and I wanna give you four ways that we know that this Joshua that I'm talking about this morning, or this Jesus that I'm talking about this morning was not just any Jesus, but he was very, very special. Very, very simple message this morning. How about this? Number one, this Joshua will be spoken of by the prophets. Now look in your scripture again. Matthew chapter one, look at verse number 22. The Bible says, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying. Let me tell you what was different about this Yeshua. Let me tell you what was different about this Joshua than was different about the last Joshua. This Joshua is gonna be talked about all throughout scripture by the prophets of God. They're gonna prophesy about him. They're gonna preach about him. They're gonna talk about him. You say, pastor, what? What are you talking about? Well, the prophets told where this Joshua would be born. Micah chapter five, verse number two, the Bible tells us that he would be born in Bethlehem, Ephrata. The prophets told of a star that would lead to this Yeshua. Uh, the prophets told that this Yeshua would be preceded by a forerunner, Isaiah 40 and verse three. The prophets told that this Yeshua would enter Jerusalem on a colt in Zechariah chapter nine. And verse number nine, the prophets prophesied that his crucifixion, uh, of his crucifixion in Isaiah 53, verses three through 11, they prophesied concerning how he would be betrayed by a friend in Psalm 41, nine, how his hands and his feet would be pierced in Psalm 22 and verse 16, how he'd be betrayed by, for 30 pieces of silver in Zechariah 11 and verse 12, how he'd be spat upon and beaten in Isaiah 50 and verse six, how he'd be crucified with thieves in Isaiah 53 and verse number 12. How people would gamble for his garments in Psalm 22 and verse number eight. How his side would be pierced in Zechariah 12 and verse number 10. And how not a bone of his body would be broken in Psalm 34 and verse number 20. Now, I'm just trying to make a point this morning and that's this, that there's something different about this Yeshua. There's something different about this Joshua. There's something different about this Jesus. And the thing that's different is this, that 
that he is the theme of the entire word of God. He's the focus of the Bible. Joshua chapter five, verse 39, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they, Jesus said, and they are they which testify of me. In John chapter one, verse number 45, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. How about Luke 24 and verse number 27? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. How about John chapter five and verse number 46? For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me. For he, Moses, wrote of me. Listen, I wanna tell you something about this Joshua, this Jesus, this Yeshua. The whole Bible is about him. In fact, Genesis to Deuteronomy is the foundation for Jesus. Joshua to Esther is the preparation for Jesus. Job to Song of Solomon is the longing for Jesus. Isaiah to Malachi is the expectation of Jesus. Matthew to John is the life and ministry of Jesus. The book of Acts is the continued work of Jesus. Romans to Jude is about living for Jesus. And Revelation is about the return and the reign and the rule of Jesus. The Old Testament says Jesus is coming. The gospels say Jesus is here. The book of Acts says Jesus proclaimed. The epistles are Jesus explained. And Revelation says Jesus is coming again. Now, again, I just want you to understand. Understand this. The angels came to, to Joseph and the angels, came to Mary and said, listen, you're gonna have a child. It blew their mind. They could not comprehend it. They could not compress it. And Jesus said, you're gonna have a child. And when you have a child, it's gonna be a miracle of God. But when you have this child, you're not gonna name it James. You're not gonna name it John. You're not gonna name it Jude. You're not gonna name it Josiah. You're gonna name this child Yeshua. You're gonna name it Jesus. You're gonna name it Joshua. Why? Because it means salvation. And we know that this Yeshua, we know this Jesus is special because he will be spoken of by the prophets. But I'm going to tell you something else. Number two, look at this. This Joshua will be perpetuated by a virgin. Look, if you will, at verse number 23, Matthew 1. In verse 23, the Bible says about this Jesus, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now church, follow me. Nothing's been done like this before. Oh, there've been other Joshua's. Joshua it, during the children of Israel was a great leader. He was a great deliverer, but there's never been a Joshua like this Joshua. The first Joshua was great, but there's something very different about this Yeshua. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 22 prophesied that a virgin would bring forth a son. Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14 says it like this. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Oh, I'm glad to tell you that we serve a savior that was virgin born. He's not like any other man. He's not like any other Joshua. Listen, and he is special and he's special because he is the virgin born son of God. Now, by the way, church, that's why this world, they're doing their best to try to do, do away with that, to do away with that teaching. They don't want to admit that. They, you know what they want to say? They want to say that Jesus got here by natural causes. 
Now, so now we have people that are saying, well, you know what, really the way Jesus got here is a Roman soldier raped Mary and, and uh, you know, that's how Jesus came or, uh, you know, really Joseph and Mary had physical relations. And that's how Jesus came and uh, they want you to believe that Jesus is natural, that Jesus is normal just like everybody else. And so now we've got Hollywood coming out with movies and they're coming out with magazines and they're coming out with documentaries and they're trying to tell us that, you know what, Jesus was really married and Jesus Jesus was a father and Jesus had children and Jesus was a good man and he was a good teacher and Jesus was a healer and Jesus was a rabbi but Jesus was a sinner just like you and Jesus was a sinner just like me and he was a natural man just like you and a natural man just like me and I want to tell you this morning Calvary Baptist Church you better hope that's not true you better hope that's not true because if it is true we're on our way to hell I'm telling you if he was natural just like you're natural if he was born just like you're born and he wasn't the virgin born son of God, then that means that Jesus is not the remedy. That means that Jesus is not the answer. That means that Jesus is just like every other Joshua. Oh, but I want to tell you what, he's not just like other, every other Joshua. He is the virgin born son of the living God. Amen. Oh yes, thank God. Hey, this Joshua will be spoken about the prophets. This Joshua will be perpetuated by a virgin. I wrote this down. This Joshua will be proven to be God. He'll be proven to be God. Again, look at your scripture, Matthew 1, verse 23 again. The Bible says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. Look at this last part. And they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Now again, I believe the Bible's showing us a great contrast here. The first Joshua was a great man. I'm not taking away from that. I believe Joshua was a great leader. I've heard that even to this day that West Point Academy uses the book of Joshua in some of their teachings at West Point. Uh, Joshua was a great leader, a great general, a great motivator of men. He was a, a great warrior. But this last Joshua that I'm talking about, this Yeshua, was not just a good man. Hear me out. He was not just a good man. He was the God man. There's a big difference in being a good man and being the God man. And Jesus was a good man, yes, but it goes further than that. By the way, you're not gonna upset anybody if you say Jesus was a good man. Islam believes Jesus was a good man. Most of the false religions in the world believe that Jesus was a good man. You're not gonna upset the apple cart if you say Jesus was a good man. But at Calvary Baptist Church, we don't just teach that Jesus was a good man. We teach that Jesus was in fact the God man. You know what that means? He was the, what we call the incarnate son of God, the incarnation. That means he was divinity enrobed in human flesh. God came to man. Wow, hallelujah. When man could not come to God, thank God, God came to man. And by the way, those who are around the Lord very long, you know what they found out? They found out he was somebody special. Now, I want you to hold your place at Matthew, but I want to show you a couple places at least. Would you take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 27? Matthew 27, verse number 54. Oh, yes. When people were around him any time at all, they realized he was not just a good man, but he was, in fact, the God man. 
Look at Matthew 27 and verse number 54. Jesus has been on the cross. And notice what happens in Matthew 27, verse 54. The Bible says, now, when the centurion and they that were with him, look at the next two words, watching Jesus. When the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly saying, would you read the last part with me? Truly, this was the son of God. Come on now. <laughs> you know what he said? He's not just a good man. He's the God man. He was what he said he was. Man, he came. He came telling us that he was God's son. That's what he told everybody. And the Pharisees denied it. And the Sadducees, they rejected it. And, and even his own people rejected him. And he told us he was God. He told us he was God's son. And they turned him away. But more the more they stayed around and the more they realized there was something special about this Yeshua. There was something special about this Joshua. There was something very special about this Jesus. He was not just a good man. He was the God man. Would you take your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke this morning? Luke chapter 23 and look at verse number 39. Luke chapter 23 and verse number 39. Once again, Jesus is on the cross and the Bible says that he's hanging in between two criminals or two what the Bible calls malefactors. Luke chapter 23, verse number 39. We'll pick up the story. And one of the malefactors which were hanged, railed on him, railed on Jesus, saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Look at verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, dost not thou fear God? Seeing thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Look at verse 42. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me, when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Hey, church, I just want you to understand something. This Yeshua that we're talking about, this Joshua that we're referring to, this Jesus that the Bible talks about, it's not just any Jesus, not just any Joshua. No, he's special. This Joshua is spoken of by the prophets. This Joshua is perpetuated by a virgin. This Joshua will be proven to be God. But now I want to give you one last thought and we're going to be done. Look at this church. This Joshua, watch this now. This Joshua will provide a way for sin to be forgiven. Now I want you to turn back to Matthew 1 and we're done. Matthew chapter 1 and look at verse number 21. There might be somebody who needs this this morning. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. You say, preacher, what's so special about Jesus? I mean, don't you believe there were many Jesuses throughout history? I do. I believe there were many Jesuses. I believe there were, by the way, there's still gonna be Jesuses. Bible tells us that, doesn't it? There's gonna be false Christ. There were many Jesuses. There were many Joshuas. There were many Yeshuas, if you wanna say it like that. But there was something about this Yeshua that was different. This Joshua provided a way for sin to be forgiven. Matthew 1, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. He's talking to Joseph. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. You notice there's a colon right there. And then he explains the reason why. For he shall save his people 
from their sins. For he shall, what's the word? For he shall save, for he shall save his people from their sins. It's the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O, sozo. And it means to deliver from the penalties of the messianic judgment. Now let me tell you, that first Joshua, we'll see him one day. We'll talk to him. You can, you can ask him questions. Joshua, tell me about that day the walls came tumbling down. I want to hear about that. I mean, I, I, listen, tell me about that day that, that y'all heaped up the stones of remembrance and, and the Jordan River parted asunder. Y'all walked across on dry ground. Joshua, tell me about those days. I, I, listen, I'm telling you, make no mistake about it. Joshua, the first Joshua, was a good man. He was a great leader. He was a great mover of men. But I'm telling you what the first Joshua could not do. The second Joshua most certainly could do. You see, this Joshua that I'm talking about this morning, this Jesus that I'm talking about this morning is the sinless son of God. And our Bible tells us this, that he provided himself as a substitutionary payer of the penalty for our sin. We call it this, we call it the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, can I show you why he is so special? Would you take your Bibles this morning? We're done, but would you take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 53 with me? Isaiah 53. You say, preacher, what do you mean substitute? What do you mean substitutionary? What are you talking about when you, when you say atonement? What, what, what does that mean, preacher? That means that that the God-man, not just the good man, but the God-man, Jesus Christ came and he suffered in our place. He died in our place. He paid your hell. He paid my hell. But look at what the Bible tells us. Isaiah 53, look at verse four. The Bible says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Now look at verse five, church, Isaiah 53, verse five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we, are y'all following this? We are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Look at verse 10, church. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Look at verse number 11. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be, what's the word? Satisfied. 
He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. You say, preacher, how is it that you're not on your way to hell? Church, are you listening to me? Let me tell you why I'm not on my way to hell. It's not because of me. It's not because of the good works that I've done. It's not because I'm a good man. It is because, thank God, I had a substitute who came here and he was not just any Joshua. He was not just any Yeshua. He was not just any Jesus. He was the virgin born son of the living God. He never sinned, never cursed, never said a profane word, never lusted, never stole, never cursed. And that same Savior came and thank God, I was supposed to go to the cross and die. But hallelujah, Jesus took my place and paid the penalty for me. You say, Pastor, you need to calm down. If you ever get a hold of that, you won't calm down either. If we got what we deserved, we'd be in hell. Man, I haven't told this story in years. I mean years. In fact, I've got, man, I've got way over. I mean, I've probably got 1,500 outlines on my iPad alone. I couldn't find this illustration in any of those. It's back in the day when schools were just one-room buildings. Everybody went to school together. You didn't have elementary, middle, high school. There's just one little white school building. One teacher, one schoolmaster. And everybody came. It was in the hills of Virginia. And the story was that there were some rough boys that went to this school rough. When I say rough, I mean rough. And uh, teachers just never survived very long in this school. Boys were so rough. They would give the teacher what for? I mean, just give the teacher down the road. And so teachers had a tendency to come, wouldn't stay very long, and they would leave. And this certain school was without a, without a teacher, and they finally found a young man. He came, and he could tell he was... He was in for it. These boys were rough around the, around the edges. And he said, all right, boys, we're gonna do something a little different. He said, I'm gonna let you help me make the rules. And, uh, and then when we make the rules, I'm gonna let you help me decide what punishment are gonna be for those rules. And so sure enough, boy, they, they liked the sound of that. Teacher got his chalk out, went up to the blackboard, and uh, they began to, call out different things. And uh, one of the things they mentioned was, you can't steal, you cannot steal. And so he went down and made about 10 different rules on the, the chalkboard. And, and then he said, all right, boys, good job. But he said, here's what I want you to do now. He said, I want you to tell me what's gonna be the penalty. If these 10 rules are broken, what's gonna be the penalty for these 10 rules? And really without even thinking, they just spoke up and said, Whoever breaks one of these rules has to come up in front of the class, remove his coat, and the teacher will take the rod and he'll smite him 10 times across the back without his coat on. And the teacher said, boys, are y'all sure about that? Yes, 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 that's what we want, that's what we want. And he said, all right, we're gonna write it down. Sure enough, days passed, several days passed, and Tom was a big old guy in the, in the, in the class, a big old strapping fella, and he came to the schoolmaster and he said, sir, he said, I've got a problem. He said, I brought my lunch this morning, but my lunch is missing. 
My lunch is gone. Somebody took, took my lunch. And, uh, and so the teacher began to investigate, began to examine. And sure enough, they found out it was a little, little, just a little bony, emaciated little kid. His name was Jim. And the teacher called him up and said, Jim, what are you doing? Did you take Tom's lunch? And he just began to cry, just a little guy. And he began to cry. And he said, yes, I did. And he said, Jim, he said, listen, as much as I hate it, he said, you know the rule. You help me make the rule. You know the rule. He said, Jim, when you come in front of the class, I want you to remove your coat. Little Jim began to cry. Big tears began to stream down his cheek. And he said, teacher, he said, I, I did it. I'm guilty. I took Big Tom's lunch. I took it. But he said, I, I'll take my whooping. But he said, just don't make me take my coat off. He said, I'll take my whooping. Just don't make me take my coat off. And the teacher said, Jim, you know the rules. They're still right there. You helped us make it. You know you've got to remove your coat. You've got And boy, he pressed. And, and finally, Jim, little Jim, started unbuttoning those buttons. He took that coat off. And they came to find out Jim didn't have a shirt on underneath. He was poor. I mean, poor as Job's turkey. Didn't even have a shirt on underneath his coat. And I mean, ribs were sticking through. You could tell he wasn't getting the right kind of food and just emaciated and just skinny as a rail and took his coat off and leaned across that desk. That teacher went over and took that rod and hated to do it, but knew he's gonna have to. And he took that rod and he, he was hesitant at first. He took that rod and he raised that rod back and he was just about to come across little Jim's body and all of a sudden, Big Tom stood up. He said, hold on, teacher, hold on. Schoolmaster said, what is it, Tom? He said, don't punish Jim. I'm gonna take his whooping for him. And the schoolmaster said, excuse me. He said, I'm gonna take his whooping for him. Somebody broke a crime. Somebody broke a rule. Somebody broke the law. Somebody's gonna have to be punished. But I don't want it to be this little weak, emaciated kid. I'm gonna take his whooping for him. Big Tom stood up in front of the class and took his coat off, just big old strapping body, laid down across that desk. And that preacher, that, that, that teacher took that rod and he came down across his back once and a second time and a third time and a fourth time. By that time, everybody in the class, tears were streaming down their cheeks. He came across that fifth time and when he did, they said that rod broke. Tom got up and they said, little Jim came over. Little Jim came over. He took Tom's face in his hand in his hands, and he said, Tom, it's true, I took your lunch. I shouldn't have done it, but I was so hungry. But then he said this, Tom, I'll love you till I die because you took my whooping for me. I'll love you till I die. You say, preacher, what are you so fired up about? Your friend, I want to tell you what. I should have I had a whooping coming. 
That woman was called eternal separation from God Almighty. It was called hell. It was called hellfire. It was called darkness and screaming and crying and, and demons and, and being parted forever and ever and ever. I'm telling you, that's what I deserve. Are you listening to me this morning? That's what I should have got. That's what I should have received. But thank God, just about the time judgment was about to go out, hallelujah, a Savior stepped out from nowhere and said, hey, I love that little weak, emaciated, sickly boy right there by the name of Stephen Pope. I'm gonna take his, come on, somebody ought to shout this morning. I'm gonna take his punishment for him. Oh, happy day, happy day, happy day. My sins were washed away. I have a Savior. His name is Jesus. He's not just any Jesus. He's not just any Joshua. He's not just any Yeshua. I'm telling you what, thank God. He gave me forgiveness for my sins. Man. Wow. What a God. What a God. Anybody here need that forgiveness? Anybody here under the judgment of God? I got news for you. If he doesn't pay your judgment for you, you'll have to pay it yourself. Oh, I'm so glad I let him pay for mine. You're here this morning, you say, preacher, I don't know for sure that I'm saved and going to heaven. Why don't you make this day the day? Why don't you make this day the day that you claim that forgiveness? And say, Lord, I cannot pay that myself without dying and going to hell. I know that you died for me. You paid my penalty for sin for me. They put you in a grave and three days later you came out of that grave. And I believe what you did on the cross. I'm trusting what you did for my salvation. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed all across the room. How many are here this morning? And you'd be honest concerning two things. Number one, how many are here this morning would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond any shadow of any doubt, there's not even a doubt. I know that I know that I know that I know that I am going to heaven when I die with heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you, you just slip your hand up right now, right now, all over the house. Praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Let me ask a second question though. How many, come on now, I want you to be honest with me. How many are here this morning in this building under the sound of this preacher's voice and you'd say, Pastor, I really don't know for sure I'm saved. Oh, preacher, I want to go to heaven. There's no doubt about that. I want to go to heaven. I'm just not sure that I would. And I care enough to slip up my hand and let you remember me in prayer. Is there one anywhere right now? And if that's you, you just slip your hand up and say, preacher, pray for me. Pray for me. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Pastor, I want to go. I want to go. I'm just not sure I would go. Would you pray for me? Would you pray with me? I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? You'll let me pray with you? Anybody else? 
You say, Pastor, why do you serve him? Because he's, he's not just any Joshua. Oh, this Savior that I serve is a special Savior. He's worthy of my service. He's worthy of my sacrifice. He's worthy of my dedication. Hey, Christian, can I ask you a question? Are you serving him? Are you serving the Lord? Are you dedicated to the cause of Christ? Come on now. Are you dedicated? Are you serving? Are you in the will of God today? Are you in God's perfect will? You say, Pastor, I'm not. Okay. In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to have an invitation. And if you raised your hand this morning and said, Pastor, I am not sure that I'm saved. I want you to come. We want to take a Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. But if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I am saved, but I'm not serving. I'm not serving like I need to, like I should be. Lacking in my dedication. I want you to come as well. And I want you to do business with the Lord. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning, Father? Thank you for your blessings. God, thank you for taking this Sunday morning service on December the 10th and reminding us of your goodness. Lord, through the music and the singing, and then, Lord, through the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God, what a Savior. Lord, that took our place, paid the penalty. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that you'll save the lost. And I pray right now that decisions will be made that will change the course of people's life. God, help us, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our personal workers, our personal workers are up here in the altars. If you're here this morning and you raised your hand or if you didn't raise your hand and you say, Pastor, I need to be saved. I really do need to be saved. I want you to come. I want you to come right now, okay? And we want to take a Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven. You're here this morning. Pastor, I am saved, but I'm not serving. I am saved, but I'm, I'm not in the perfect will of God. But I need to be. While we pause just for a moment, would you come? Would you come? You may be here this morning and say, Preacher, I have been saved, but I have not followed the Lord in believer's baptism. I need to make that decision. Then you come. Whatever it is, could be many things. Pastor, we're not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and we're feeling that God is leading us to Calvary. Then you come while we wait. For those that are watching on our live stream right now, we're, uh, we're delighted to have you tuning into the broadcast. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. We're so glad you're watching. And if you need Christ especially, we want you to dial that number. And we have some people that are waiting right beside the phone. And we would love to pray with you today. You may be watching this broadcast and feel like you're, it's your last day to live. Listen, God's got big plans for you. Would you call us and let us help you today? So Lord, we're thankful. Thankful for the gospel. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for John three sixteen. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, Father, for making a way for us to be reconciled to you. Thank you for sending us your substitute, the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. You can look up this way, church. We're going to sing this little chorus that says, Just as I am, will that one plea? If you need to come, listen, there's somebody in the altar with a Bible. They'd love to pray with you today. We're going to sing it together. Just as I am without one plea, but that I blood who was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee O Lamb of God I come I can we sing it one last time sing it church just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou be.